Welcome to the launch of the channel of the Wisdom of Anna. Look for the link below the video and make sure to follow for future podcasts. And the link below this video will direct you. It'll direct you to your favorite podcast listening studio, including uh, the Apple and Spotify and Google Podcasts. So once you open the podcast link, scroll over either the Apple, Spotify, or Google button. And if you haven't already uh, been listening on one of these platforms, you may need to adjust your volume button. In fact, I think every video that comes in comes in on mute. So make sure to sign up for your favorite platform and look for the channel Anna Purdue. And I want to give a huge shout out to Kendrick K, Jesus V, and KC Global Productions for your donations this month. And please note, um, PayPal has permanently suspended my account because of my content. So if you're inclined to donate, uh, you may do so by donating to a new account. Um, you'll find that in the description box, or you can click on the link at the buy.stripe.com. Uh, that's in the description box. And you can look for the Zelle icon on your banking app and just send the donation directly to um, PurdueAnna at Yahoo.com. So, let's begin. I want to give a hat tip from the get-go to my friend Mary B for this interesting video I was watching. And I can't play it here, but I can tell you about it. It was a video put out on Facebook by Scott Stevenson. And he had posted a video exposing how the local farmers are being paid one and a half times their normal income to destroy crops. And they're refused their normal subsidies if they don't destroy the crops. So this means the government tax levies with no subsidies means the farmers are going to be crippled unless they comply. So while our food is literally being destroyed, the weather isn't cooperating either. So I've made several videos and podcasts exposing government programs that have a direct effect on the weather. But in um, some of these cases, I'm really wondering how much of this is natural. Um, could be caused by our own, you know, repercussions of the human weather tampering. But I, I think we've got a little bit of both going on. And then I saw this video with uh, Stephen Ben-Noon with Israeli News Live, and he was talking about the flooding in his state in Tennessee. And about a few days ago, there were, uh, it was horrible. There's the death count in Tennessee had risen to 15 bodies. I mean, just all over the country right now. Actually, the world is just terrible. And um, five additional deaths were reported by the sheriff in Humphreys County on Sunday. So that, at, you know, made the total confirmed of 10. So there's 30 people that are still missing. It's just heartbreaking. So please keep these people in your prayers. It seems like Stephen Ben-Noon agrees with my theory, though, on this extreme weather. And I've as far as that it could be caused by natural as well as some of the deep state activity. But I've read that these weather anomalies range anywhere from military exercises, flushing out bad actors to bad actors using their weather devices to create distraction to possibly our almighty creator's wrath on earth. My mother, she used to always tell me the truth is somewhere in between. So yet in any case, 
The world is certainly feeling the squeeze in every direction, and it's bad enough that certain regions are now faced with such horrible loss, but the destroyed crops on top of this, and we're having the farmers being told they've got to destroy what they have left, it's, it's just awful. None of it makes sense. Um, uh, ben Noon goes on to say, the latest in weather anomalies are showing up in the way of plasma storms. Have any of you ever heard of this? I've never heard of this in my life. So I I wanted to check it out, and I went and I started looking up plasma storms, and I found this interesting article. I found um, I found it. It was about plasma storms and space hurricanes and the new Atlas website, and it's telling how the scientists have found evidence of a space hurricane. The storm reported on it was made up of swirling clouds of plasma that raged in Earth's upper atmosphere for hours, dumping huge amounts of electrons like rain in a system that resembles a regular hurricane. And it happened, and this was back in 2014. It was August the 20th, 2014. And it was an ionosphere above the North Pole. It spanned about 620 miles wide and was made up of several spiral arms spinning in an anti-clockwise direction. And it raged for about eight hours before it slowly just dissipated. But the mechanisms and structure of the storm bore a striking resemblance to the familiar hurricanes that occur in the lower atmosphere. But... Instead of being a hurricane of water, it was a swirling plasma of electrons. Strong flow shears whipped around the edges while the center or the eye of the storm was a lot calmer. So due to these similarities, the team called it a space hurricane. And even though this occurred over six years ago, this space hurricane was only recently discovered by an international team of scientists while they were analyzing old satellite data. The observations were collected from four meteorological satellites operated by the United States Department of Defense. Interestingly, the space hurricane occurred during a period of low geomagnetic activity. And the team says that this suggests the storms could be relatively common, not just above Earth, but across other planets throughout our solar system and beyond. The researchers say that understanding the mechanisms of plasma space hurricanes is important for improving our monitoring of space weather, which can affect the satellites and GPS and other electronics. My question is, is this why Elon Musk isn't putting the Starlink satellites in the North or South Poles? And if you don't know what I'm talking about, check out the latest podcast titled Rise to Power. I just put it out yesterday. But now, with this revelation of these plasma storms popping up in the news, I wanted to know, is there any historical record of this happening? And if so, how how was the plasma storm issue settled? And little known event that I've heard about it, but I never paid attention to it. Well, it took place in the late 19th century, known as the Carrington Effect. And on the morning of September the 1st, 1859, an amateur astronomer, Richard Carrington, he had ascended into the private observatory that was attached to his country estate outside of London. And after cranking open the dome shutter to look at the blue sky, he 
pointed his brass telescope toward the sun and started sketching a cluster of enormous dark spots that freckled its surface. Well, suddenly Carrington spotted what he described as two patches of intensely bright and white light erupting from the sunspots. Five minutes later, the fireballs vanished, but within hours, their impact was felt across the globe. That night, telegraph communications around the world began failing and there were reports of sparks showering from the telegraph machines shocking the operators and setting telegraph papers on fire all over the planet there was a uh, colorful auroras illuminated the night skies glowing so brightly that birds were even chirping in the night thinking the sun had risen and some thought the end of the world had come but Carrington's naked eyes had spotted the true cause for the bizarre happenings, and it was a massive solar flare with the energy of 10 billion atomic bombs. Oh, my. The flare spewed electrified gas and subatomic particles toward the Earth, and the resulting geomagnetic storm, dubbed the Carrington event, was the largest on record to have struck the planet. So compared to today's information superhighway, the telegraph system in 1859, well, that was just a little dirt road, but the Victorian Internet was also a critical means of transmitting news, sending the private messages and engaging in their commerce. So telegraph operators in the United States had observed local interruptions due to the thunderstorms and northern lights before, but they had never experienced a global disturbance like that one-two punch they had received in the waning days of the summer of 1859. Then, on the morning of September the 2nd, the magnetic mayhem resulting from the second storm created even more chaos for telegraph operators. When American Telegraph Company employees arrived at their Boston office at 8 in the morning, they discovered it was impossible to transmit or receive dispatches. Oops. The atmosphere was so charged, however, that operators made an incredible discovery. They found they could actually unplug their batteries and still transmit messages to Portland, Maine at 30 to 90 second intervals using only the auroral current. The messages still couldn't be sent you know, as seamlessly as they normally did, but it was a useful workaround, and by 10 that morning, the magnetic disturbance abated enough that the stations reconnected their batteries, but transmissions were still affected for the rest of the morning. When the telegraphs did come back online, many were filled with vivid accounts of of the celestial light show that they had witnessed the night before. Newspapers from France to Australia featured glowing descriptions of brilliant auroras that had turned night into day. And the sky, it was so, their accounts talk about how the sky was so crimson, crimson that many who saw it, they thought their neighbors were on fire. That's how it looked like there was a fire in their neighborhood. And Americans in the South, they were especially startled by the Northern Lights, which actually migrated so close to the equator that they could even see them in Cuba and Jamaica. And then ice core samples determined that the Carrington effect was twice as big as any other solar storm in the last 500 years. So what would the impact of this kind of storm be on us today if we had this? Well, according to the National Academy of Sciences, 
it could cause extensive social and economic disruptions due to its impact on power grids, satellite communications, and the GPS system. And they didn't have that in the late 19th century. We do now, so it would definitely topple things for us. But thankfully, the past couple of hundred years, our grid has been spared. But what about the plasma storms now swirling around the North Pole and even the plasma lightning storms that Stephen Van Moon is talking about? So what could possibly be bringing about this strange storm? Well, I've got a little controversial thought that this could be. Well, if you understand that the billionaires, I mean, they're advertising it on television and talking about it, and there, it seems, I mean, when you consider all the Mars stuff that they're talking about, it seems like they're definitely prepping for the apocalypse. My question is, do they know something? Well, there's a new breed of survivalist in town, and that's the Silicon Valley tech billionaire. Yeah, that's right. The super-rich survivalists are getting ready for the breakdown of society, and some are even buying multi-million-dollar luxury bunkers complete with pools, gyms, and private cinemas that are capable of surviving a nuclear attack. And, oh, our favorite little Gates from hell is rumored to have bunkers beneath his properties in Washington State and California. And meanwhile, Elon Musk, Musky Masky is making plans to hightail it to Mars. World leaders are preparing for the end of the world by building their top-secret bunkers for a political elite. And this guy, um, Robert Vecino, he's the head of the survival firm Vivos, He has claimed governments, including the United States and the UK, are making top-secret plans to save their skins, and of course it doesn't include us. Vecino claims the world governments are preparing for the arrival of Planet X, also known as Nibiru, which is due to arrive this year, in 2021. And we're here. So, could this be why we're having these weather disaster situations? In addition to the trillions of dollars of debt that has been racked up under the presidential administrations without anything to show for it, supposedly somewhere out there is a few trillion dollars that has simply vanished into the thin air. So it is rumored there are huge underground bases below the Rocky Mountains connected by high-speed trains linked to Washington by high-speed train for just a few select. And Robert Vecino, the head of the survival firm Vivo, said he believes that the reason for their plans is not World uh, WW3, but a natural disaster. He reveals that the magnetic fill from Nibiru could cause a devastating shower of debris to rain down on the world. Is this the plasma magnetic fill that Ben Noon is speaking about? Is this what is causing the plasma lightning storms? I mean, I don't know. But if what the elite survival firm spokesperson is saying is true, this could be why we're having such weather anomalies. So Nibiru, it was first reported, and I remember that, when it was reported as discovered by the Iris Telescope. 
And it was announced, when it was announced then, it was suppressed right after that. No government agency has been allowed to discuss it since. So you got to ask yourself this. Why did Russia conduct a disaster drill for 40 million people in 2016? What are the other 6 billion, 99, whatever it is people going to do? Putin said, I'll tell you what they're going to do. They're going to wait until the last minute and say, well, is this really for real? Is this really going to happen? And when they see it is when there's wide pl- widespread public notice from the government or somebody, or you look up in the sky and you see it's going to happen, or a series of nukes have gone off, or there's a <laughs> blank, blank pandemic that's spreading quickly. Hmm. He said that in 2016. Interesting. So when people really become motivated is when it's too late to find a solution. During the winter of 2020 into more recent dates, there have been lots of reports of underground dumbs being taken out. And, you know, I've, I've been hearing them for a while. But for the most part, it's speculation. We, we don't have any real um, footage to confirm it. But whether these dumbs are collapsed or intact, Regardless, the story remains that the Denver airport is connected to the United States Capitol and Washington by an underground high-speed train. So according to spokesman Vecino, these bunkers and tunnels were built with giant drills, which the British and French used to dig the Channel Tunnel in Europe. Except these are nuclear-powered, and they glazed the walls uh, um of the site into glass so it hardened. There were stories in the late 90s and early part of this century where people across the United States and the small towns in the Mideast would would talk about hearing something which sounded like a train beneath their cities day after day, but nobody knew what it was. So you might want to start asking some tough questions. For example, why is NASA practicing shooting asteroids coming at the Earth in July of this year, 2021? Perhaps this gets to the heart of NASA's plan if Nibiru does eventually present a threat. In order to further protect the homeland and ensure the safety of its citizens in case of nuclear, biological, or chemical attack, a joint venture of the NSA, Department of Defense, Medical Information Bureau, Department of Homeland Security, Counterintelligence Corps, Division of Family and Children's Services, and BK Technologies has been created in order to create an expansive tunnel system throughout the Earth's South. These tunnels will also serve as conduits for national defense to rapidly move troops, supplies, and armor throughout the nation between the strategic topographical locations. And according to Robert Vecino, whoever is planning to use those underground facilities had the Navy SEALs stocking them full. This was last year. And last year also, Viral Tater reported the following quote from a former U.S. Navy SEAL regarding the secret tunnels. And he said, the tunnels are already in place. They're clearing the places out to configure them for supply depots, communication hubs, and pre-processing centers. You may have read and seen tons of articles and videos about how the Navy SEALs were rescuing children. And perhaps they were... And perhaps they were also restocking. 
Again, this is all speculative, but regardless, something unusual was going on in 2020 with all the unusual explosions and earthquakes around those tunnel vicinities. No government in the world is going to tell you about something life-threatening unless they have a solution for you, because otherwise it's just going to cause a social meltdown. But one of the best ideas suggested is through a actually through a popular book called The Lost Ways, and that is and there's one of their books tells you how to the, build a bunker. And these bunkers have the potential. The design that the Lost Ways gives actually has the potential to stand the impact created by an earthquake or missile attack. When Nibiru, or as once was announced on the mainstream media as Planet X, is the largest planet in our solar system. It orbits our sun in a far elliptical orbit, and it's said to be about four times the size of Jupiter. It has a helium and hydrogen atmosphere, and it's most likely to have moons. Nibiru, by all definitions, concepts, and research scholars in the field, is a red or brown dwarf star that carries along with it seven planets orbiting around each other. Therefore, it's actually a mini-solar system. Nibiru is close to five times the size of Jupiter. So, in turn, it is 6,500 times larger than the Earth. That's huge. With the gigantic size, it has a very strong gravitational pull, and it influences our oceans and all magnetic fields. So, in 2011, when Nibiru approached the sun, it began forcefully pulling at the sun's core. And the core of the sun is only 65 times that of Nibiru. Therefore, the solar activity in relation to explosions and solar storms has increased so much that the Maxima Solar, which started in 2011 and hasn't stopped to this day in 2021, to the emissions in the ultraviolet solar radiation level, which range from 0 to 16, are currently at 15, and the normal is between 9 and 10 units. This was caused by the approach of Nibiru towards the sun. So you have to ask yourself, why are they suddenly telling about us about this now? Scientists have known about this planet since 1983, and they've been using equipment with anagrams uh, with Wise and Iris to monitor this. Does this mean it will be visible this year? Why did they initially call this planet Planet X instead of its real name, Nibiru? Planet X? Well, that would mean that all of us so-called conspiracy theorists and our ancient ancestors were right all along. Never a straight answer. Announced their wise telescope displayed a giant planet next to the solar system on February 10th of 2021. And, of course, never a straight answer confirms that it is tracking Herculubus at the moment, and scientists call it a tyke, stating that it is four times bigger than Jupiter and orbit at the outer edge of the solar system. So the orbit of tyke Herculubus would be 15,000 times farther from the sun than the Earth's and 375 times farther than Pluto's. Never a straight answer, then prepared a very well-built simulation that projected the orbit of Nibiru. Transformed the simulation in video and sneak released it on the internet. 
The simulation done by NASA computers presented visually not only the displacement of Nibiru in its orbit, but also the orbits of all the planets of the solar system. These plasma solar megaflares could blast humanity back to the Stone Age. The lead scientist, Chloe Pugh, from the University of Warwick said, If the sun were to produce a super flare, it would be disastrous for life on Earth. Our GPS and radio communication systems would be severely disrupted, and there could be large-scale power blackouts as a result of strong electrical currents being introduced in power grids. Hmm. This sounds like those days of the Carrington flares of 1859. Every disaster teaches us a lesson, and it is better to have a clear understanding of a plan. According to researchers from the UK, Berkeley, and China, a rapid succession of coronal mass ejections, the most intense eruptions on the sun, sent a pulse of magnetized plasma barreling into space and through Earth's orbit. Had the eruption come nine days earlier when the ignition spot on the solar surface was aimed at Earth, it would have hit our planet, potentially wreaking havoc with the electrical grid, disabling satellites and GPS, and disrupting our increasingly electronic lives. The solar burst, oh, I'll tell you what, it would be good to be Amish today. The solar burst would have enveloped Earth in magnetic fireworks matching the largest magnetic storm ever reported on Earth. The previously mentioned Carrington event of 1859. Interesting. The far greater electromagnetic fields of planet X will cause great earthquakes, which we're seeing greater than the highest level of 9.5 known to date. Volcanic eruptions, which we're seeing, tsunamis, which we're seeing, and yikes, a shift of the physical poles. Now, it is public knowledge that government agencies are on a need-to-know classification intra-agency, and they never publish information in advance that could cause an economic or otherwise disruption. However... If you do any research at all, you will run into different levels of disinformation, and some of this is from uneducated members of the public, and some of it is very likely on purpose. So I encourage everyone listening today to go and do your research. Do some thorough research, and I'd love to, if you have any information, please share it. The superflare studied by the NASA team occurred on the binary star KIC 9655129 using data from the American Space Agency, NASA's Kepler Space Telescope. The scientists determined that it had wave properties identical to those seen in solar flares. Expect more asteroids coming close to Earth. NASA says that they can redirect those asteroids, but I imagine it would have to depend on the size of the asteroid or meteor. This is yet another piece of evidence in my arsenal that confirms we are about to roll our tents up and go to our final home, and I am not afraid at all. In fact, I'm looking forward to being a part of these end-time events. It's like we're getting that front-row seat to our Maker's Majesty. And the time is coming when every knee will bow. I look forward to that. Somehow, 
I think we will all be covered by the great comforter through these celestial events. Luke twenty one twenty five tells us, There will be signs in the sun and moon and stars and on the earth, dismay among the nations in perplexity at the roaring of the seas and the waves. These are the worst of times and the best of times. Let's hold our hands high and sing praises, because guess what, folks? Soon we're all going to be going home. <laughs> <laughs> 